0: Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Peringer Well, tonight I want to look in Daniel chapter 12, do a quick study of J- Daniel chapter 12 tonight. You know, I don't know if you've ever been so wrapped up in a novel that you just didn't want it to end. You don't want to come to the end. You, you have fallen in love with the plot, you've fallen in love with the characters, you want to know more, you want to see more. Maybe you've done that with a movie. A movie has captured your attention. And it's just, it's always sad to see it end. You want to know what happens to the characters, what happens to the location, where the narrative goes uh, from there. Well, Daniel is not a, a story, as in a fictional story. Daniel is truth. And it takes you on a roller coaster ride, but it is—it uh, definitely is an exciting book. And you know, you kind of want to know more. You want to know more what happened to Daniel. I mean, in the end, what happened to him? What in the world's going on with um, some of those visions? You know, you want a little bit—you want a little bit more closure with some of the visions that uh, Daniel gives. You want to know what it means, maybe in the whole scheme of things, with the plan of uh, redemption. Well, you know, thankfully, I mean, Daniel's not the only book in Scripture. What happens, you know, is carried out in uh, other books of the Bible and on into the New Testament. So we see where things were going. God inspired His Word, and He all the pieces fit together. Daniel is but one piece of the entire scheme of God's revelation. And and so, yes, we want to know more what in the world uh, these... Visions were that Daniel had and yes some of these visions we're You know a few thousand years uh, Away from when they were given so there they might be a little bit hard to understand for us here in the 21st century It requires maybe a little bit of digging yourself and digging into which which way you think that it goes um, asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate but Again, what, how the book ends is how it began. No matter how tragic the situation seems, God is in control. And God is taking the circumstances of the day, the circumstances of his people's lives, and is moving it somewhere, it's going Somewhere we might not know where that somewhere is, but here's the thing. God knows where that somewhere is. And so we trust Him based on His character that He's going to get us there wherever that there is in His mind. And so we entrust Him with that. And we may not get the closure in Daniel that we wanted, may not fully understand what's going on but we do know that it is god leading his people where he wants them in his overall plan just as he does in our lives so i want to read daniel chapter 12 it's 13 verses and uh this closes out the vision that started in chapter 10 and it closes the book of daniel now just a quick note that there are like the Catholics and others, they use the Apocrypha and they say that there are other parts of Daniel, like Bell and the dragon. And um, I can't think of the other one off the top of my head either. They said that there's different parts of Daniel that came later. No, it, it didn't. Those, those aren't inspired words. So if someone says that there's more Daniel after chapter 12, no, there, there's not. This is, this is it. This is the end and uh what a what a what an end it is so let me read verses 1 through 13 of daniel chapter 12. it says at that time shall arise michael the great prince who has charge of your people and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has never has been since there was a nation till that time but at that time your people shall be delivered everyone whose name shall be found written in the book and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt and those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever but you daniel shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and swore by him who lives forever, that it would be for a time times and half a time and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end all these things would be finished I heard but I did not understand then I said oh my Lord what shall be the outcome of these things he said go your way Daniel for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined But the wicked shall act wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand but those who are wise shall understand and from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up there shall be 1290 days blessed is he who waits and arrives at 1335 days but go your way till the end and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. What an an end. What in the world does it all mean? Well, it brings an end to the vision itself. And In verses 1 through 3, again, Michael is referenced. He is a great prince. and might refer to him as the greatest of princes. It might mean he is the head angel, or he is one of the head angels, one of the chief angels that there is. But he is the guardian, it seems, of the nation of Israel. And he is, over, he is overlooking Israel while God's plan for the nation of Israel unfolds. And it is warned here that the nation of Israel is going to go through some trouble. And even though Michael is there and he's fighting for Israel, he will not be able to stop this trouble from coming, from happening to the people on the earth now if you know you might think might want to think of it this way if God didn't use Michael the way that he did the ma- nation may not have survived whatever it was going to come but it does show us that God does not prevent bad things from happening to his people all the time he things again are working toward an end a purpose somewhere God is leading things somewhere, even though we may not understand. Well, the it's said here that this nation is going to go through such troubles that it's like nothing has ever happened to this, any nation like this before. Now, it might be a little exaggerated, hyperbole. You might be using a little hyperbole there. But as far as for the nation of Israel, whatever this is referring to, this is the worst it has ever been for the nation of Israel, meaning whatever, whatever's going to happen here, it's worse than Egypt, and it's worse than Babylon. But what is this time of trouble? Well, therein lies the issue. And so, you know why the end of chapter 11 leading into chapter 12, different people who have different views interpret things differently. So for those who hold to a premillennial dispensational view, again, that's the view of Left Behind and uh, John MacArthur, um, David Jeremiah and and such. And and so the premillennial dispensationalists, they believe that at the end of chapter 11, it is speaking of the Antichrist. And the time of trouble is the Great Tribulation, which is the last three and a half years of the 70th week that you know, Daniel had talked about many visions ago. They take verses 1 through 3 to be a summary of what is going to happen during that time of great tribulations, kind of looking through a telescope. And it shows that the righteous will eventually be delivered and unbelievers will eventually be judged. The righteous believers will be raised to eternal life and the unrighteous believers will be raised to eternal death. The main message being, Those who who trust in the Messiah are going to shine in righteousness forever and ever. So, uh, the uh, premillennial dispensationalists see it as a summary of the end times. Those who hold to a version of preterism, and preterism uh, means that things have been fulfilled. So, they believe that most of prophecy has been fulfilled. Some believe all prophecy has been fulfilled, but most people who go by, it, call themselves preterists, say most prophecy, but not all, has been fulfilled. But anyway, they say that the end of chapter 11 was talking about Herod the Great and the Romans, and they believe that the time of trouble that's being indicated are are the times that lead to the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. And, and they believe this because Jesus himself used a lot of hyperbole when he referenced those times. Jesus said, when he was referring to the time of the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, that it would be the worst times that the nation had ever experienced. No one had ever experienced such trouble before those times. So they believed that, that at some point before the destruction of Jerusalem, there would be a spiritual awakening amongst the Jews, and uh, they believe that, you know, the, the references of being raised up is not talking about a physical resurrection. It's talking about Jews who would come to know their Messiah. And they, they, they look at some of the things that Jesus said to use similar uh, language in talking about spiritual awakening. For example, in John chapter 5, verse 25, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Now, for these preterists, verses 2 and 3 speak of the Jews being confronted with the person of Jesus. Some will have their spiritual eyes open. Some will have their spiritual eyes blinded. Those who have open spiritual eyes, they will receive everlasting life in Christ. Others will reject him and be condemned. And so it's about the gospel and what it does amongst the people of the Jews. There's another view of what is going on here in chapter 12. Others believe that the times of trouble that it's talking about are the times of Antiochus IV, better known as Antiochus Epiphanes, who we have run into before here in Daniel. And what it does is that it summarizes all the persecution that he is going to place upon the Jews, especially during the time when he has to return to Jerusalem from battle to try and stop or quell, however you want to put it, this rioting, this uprising, this rebellion that had come. And, and so they see the vocabulary used here as an allusion to uh, uh, what what happens. So, you know, in Tychus Epiphanes, he comes and, and he persecutes. Well, it's talking about They think that it has something to do with Isaiah chapter 53, the suffering servant. And it's talking about spiritual life. There will be spiritual life brought to the Jews. As one author stated this view, just as the suffering servant figure is resurrected and restored to a relationship with God, so his people also will be resurrected and restored to a relationship with him. The illusion served to connect God's people in Daniel chapter 12 with the suffering servants so that God's servant Israel, the the people referred to in verse 1, is resurrected. And the concept of judgment also is implicit here, with some receiving eternal life and others eternal contempt. So, depending on how you end chapter 11, will affect how you interpret Chapter 12 and the beginning of chapter 12, but the vision continues. Daniel is told to seal the book, and that's typical apocalyptic language. It it talks about that the truth of the words are going to be kept secret until the generation for whom that message is intended. But when the message is received, it is received with joy. It is received as a source of joy. It's a source of wisdom. And knowledge, it says, will, will increase. You know, some people see, see this and they think, oh, well, the internet or something to that effect. But here's the thing. Just because access to information increases doesn't mean that knowledge is going to increase. Just because you have a whole lot of information doesn't mean you have a whole lot of knowledge. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people have access to a whole lot of information. They sure ain't got no smarter as my grammar you know, indicates. An increase in, in, in information is not an increase in knowledge. But it refers to the knowledge of the word of God. It refers to the knowledge of God, but especially his word. And this refers back to the prophet Amos. In Amos chapter 8, verses 11 and 12, God said through Amos, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water but of hearing the words of the lord they shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the lord but they shall not find it and so what this has to do what amos has to do with daniel one author explains it this way he says when the vision is unsealed in the days of crisis his view during the rampage of Antiochus, then the famine for the word of God will cease. Then the word Daniel has sealed up will be available to all of them. Meanwhile, knowledge shall increase because God will enable persons like Daniel to draw meaningful observations from the flow of historical events. And so, you know, what he's saying is that the increase in knowledge is when the people see things happening, oh, that was what Daniel meant. That's what Daniel spoke about. So increase in knowledge. But then the the scene changes a little bit. We're brought back to where we were in chapter 10. Here, you know, there's, there's the angel in white linen hovering over the stream. Then there's another angel on one side of the stream, one bank of the stream. There's You know, another angel on another bank of the stream, and they're conveying all these messages uh, to Daniel. And a question is asked, how long until the end of all these wonders? Well, I mean, we're given some numbers. You would think it would be easy to figure out what it's talking about, but no, not quite. We're given some language that has been used in Daniel before. It's used elsewhere as well. He said that it's time, times, and half of a time, which generally is believed to mean three and a half years, time being one year, times being two more years, half a time being half a year. And then other numbers are thrown at you. 12.90 and 13.35. Now, in Jewish reckoning, three and a half years is 42 months, 30 30 days per month. That would be 1,260 days. So you have 1,260 days, you have 1,290 days, you got 1,335 days. How how in the world does that all fit together? Well, again, depending on what view you take of a lot of the visions within Daniel is how you're going to interpret it. Premillennial dispensationalists believe that the Antichrist will take away the sacrifice of the Jews in a renewed temple. He'll set up some other form of worship, and it, he'll start that at the beginning of the three-and-a-half-year Great Tribulation. So three-and-a-half years. They believe that Jesus will return at the end of the 1260 days. He will judge the nation for 30 days, which leads to the 1290, and then spend another 45 days setting up his millennial kingdom, 1335. Now, certain preterist views see this, again, as referring to the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. The abomination of desolations that is referred to happened when the Romans laid siege to Jerusalem in November of A.D. 66. This is actually prophesied through Luke. Uh, Luke records this for us in Luke 21.20 when he says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that its desolation has come. So that's the desolation. So when the, when the Romans first lay siege, how long was the siege? About three and a half years. The daily sacrifice, they say, ended in July of 70 according to Josephus, the Jewish historian, which is roughly 1290 days from the siege. And then 45 days later, General Titus took the rest of the city, leading to 1335. You know, I'd love to say those were the only two views, but oh no, there's always more. Still others view these numbers as related to the events of Antiochus Epiphanes. From the beginning of the persecution that he started against the Jews, and when he, it's recorded in history, he prevented the worship of the true God, setting up, you know, some some sort of idol in in the temple uh, to Zeus, more than likely. So from the time that he stopped the the sacrifices of the temple until his death and the cleansing and then the rededication of the temple, those hit the 1260, 1290, and 1335 marks. This one's got me all sorts of flabbergasted. And so whatever your, your particular view on end times is, you know, that's probably where you're going to land these things. And I'm always open to ideas and and, uh, good discussion on this. But, you know, we concentrate on the numbers, but I think there's an important thing we might overlook. And that's verse 10. In verse 10, it says that many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. This verse tells us that during times of trouble and hardship, there will be some who will seek God and purify themselves and make themselves holy before God, and they will seek the wisdom of God. In times of trouble, they will seek the face of God and seek to be holy. You know, we think that during times of trouble, that's the last thing on our minds. In times of trouble, we wanna seek relief from the times of trouble. We wanna seek answers for the times of trouble. But what it says here is those who are righteous are gonna seek God in their times of trouble they're going to seek to live righteously they're going to seek holiness they're going to seek purity because their relationship with God is more important than their own comfort and ease and when they do that it says their wisdom they're going to understand they're going to have wisdom They're going to be wise. You know, we think, of course in our day and age, we think more, again, more information means more knowledge or or more wisdom. Wisdom is what do you do with the information and the knowledge you have? And so you're going through a time of trouble. You're going through a hardship. You're going through... A dark night of the soul, as St. John of the Cross talks about it. He describes it. What are you going to do? Will you seek God? Will you seek holiness? Many will purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. The wise shall understand. But here's the thing, the wicked, what are the wicked going to do during times of trouble? They're going to act wickedly and none of them shall understand. While God's people seek his face and seek to live holy lives, those who have never known their God and those who have never, for our day and age, those who have never known his Christ, they will act wickedly. They will apostatize. They will depart from the faith that was once for all handed handed down to the saints, as Jude describes it. You know, we... That's what the word apostasy means. Apostasy, to apostatize, it means to turn from your true religion. I mean, yeah, you you claim to be a part of the religion, but you're not. Because you're departing from what was handed down. If a Muslim would all of a sudden say, I want to be a good Muslim, but I don't think that Muhammad is the the prophet of Allah. Allah. Whatever, you forget the saying, what they say. Well, he's apostatized. He's turned from a major tenet of the faith. If people deny Christ in some way, shape, or form, they deny his deity. Maybe they deny his humanity. If they deny that the word of God is the infallible, inspired word of God, the Bible's the word of God, they apostatize. We are in one of those eras. Things are turning dark in this world, and you will see who people really are. People's true colors are coming out right now because a line is being drawn. A line is being drawn. Here are the hard times. Are you going to stay faithful to God, His Christ, and His Word, or are you going to twist and pervert? You know, while some some of us will dig deeper into the faith, others will pervert the faith to their own ends. While some seek to purify themselves and be holy, others are looking for excuses to twist the faith so that they can live whatever lifestyle pleases them. And as it says here in Daniel, they are without understanding. They claim to be wise, but all they're doing is showing themselves to be fools. Those who take the word of God to lead to greater holiness will find themselves on the right side of eternity, while the wicked will act wickedly. So herein lies the great calling for us, yeah, you know what, it's fun to, well, it might not be fun for you, but fun for me to debate the different beliefs about the end times. Yeah, it's fun to, okay, what in the world do these wild visions mean? But at the end of the day, does your seeking give you greater wisdom and greater faithfulness and greater holiness? Or are you just seeking information? i got to keep my so, Myself and check on that, man. I, if I if I could spend all day just reading the Bible and reading books, give me give me religious books and theological books and philosophy books. Let me let me read all day. I mean, I, I, I would, but what, where would all that lead me? Where Where is it leading me now? If it does not, if that information does not lead to greater desire for God and the things of God, so that I know the heart of God, so that I love God and love people more, then it's useless, and so may we take the heed the warnings found within Scripture, and may the truths of God and the wisdom of God lead to a greater faithfulness toward God and His calling on our lives. That's what we take from the Book of Daniel. So let's pray that we would. Uh, Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuestHBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry.